Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week we have another entrepreneur, another founder of a business in Dubai. Uh, we're very honored to be joined by Rohit Stanley, the co-founder of Triloka. They are a local enterprise who assist brands in the region with relationships with consumers by utilizing the power of smart product sampling. Their mission is to provide campaign strategies and brand identity to prospective customers, consumers through understanding each business USP and integrating it with unfiltered consumer feedback. So smart product sampling, we're into a new era of technology and everything, and this is in sampling as well. Today we're going to talk about uh, the story of Triloka, how Rohit and his team came up with the company, the benefits of sampling uh, in marketing, and also uh, the targeting audiences with consumer and consumer learning. Um, and then talk about the future as well. So welcome, Rohit. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So thanks for coming in. So yeah, can you tell us, what's your sales pitch? What's Triloka? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I think you said it better than I did, to be honest. But uh, Triloka really came about because we, we, we saw a, a gap in the market. Uh, sampling is, is an age-old practice, but we wanted to introduce was a sw- smarter way of doing it and allowing brands to digitally target uh, their consumers as opposed to taking the traditional route that we're all used to, which is in-store sampling or handing out samples in stalls and kiosks. Um, and in doing so, we realized that it's a much more um, measured and much more controlled process. Um, you know, a lot of the sampling activities that we saw in the past were, um, you know, were, were great and they were a great way to get a certain aspect um, of, of the entire campaign. Uh, but a lot of the data was pretty anecdotal. And what we realized was without data-backed um, campaigns, um, it's very difficult to measure KPIs for. So um, simply put, the long and short is we allow brands to send physical product samples to digitally target consumers. Um, And on the flip side, consumers get to try new and exciting products um, that some of them which haven't even hit the market yet and give honest feedback, uh, Mm -hmm. no strings attached. It's uh, it's a free platform. Um, It's what we like to call free commerce, where there's no buying and selling. Uh, Brands put their products on the platform, target a consumer, consumers get to try it absolutely free. Okay, amazing. Good sales pitch. I understand <laughs> it. <laughs> Interview you. over. <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, so I think many people will know of sampling in terms of how they experience with uh, products, uh, you know, in the past. And obviously, you know, with the pandemic and with the uh, digital transformation of everything, um, this is an industry that we, you know, mightn't have as much consumer touch points in the mall and things like that. So how do you, how did you go about finding the solution to that gap? So, uh, you know, like, like a lot of the businesses, even our business sort of came about uh, because of a problem that we personally sort of saw. Um, uh, you know, we, we uh, during the pandemic or right before the pandemic hit, we, we had um, a co-founder of ours who actually was looking to start an online um, food company and she wanted to bake her goods and sort of distribute it to a lot of audience. Now everybody in our circle, whoever tried the products, knew that it's a good product. But what the difficulty she was facing was to get more and more people to try it. Uh, And the medium that she was utilizing, like a lot of us who start off, is uh, digital. 
Um, so Instagram, Facebook, and running ads and sponsored ads. But the challenge is that you can't really taste or smell the internet. Hmm. So what you see is is bells and whistles, um, and a lot of great products get lost in the noise. Um, with so we just thought that if you know if there's one person that we know personally that's going through this uh, challenge, I'm sure there are a lot of other um, young SMEs coming up coming about that have a similar problem that have a great product. Uh, and have one or two mediums that everybody's using uh, to sort of um, sell that product. Mm. Um, so we thought that if we provided a platform to all these uh, businesses, uh, big or small, um, and gave them a platform where they could actually target consumers who they would like to send their samples to, consumers can try from the comfort of their home. So they don't have to go out, they don't have to go out to pick up the samples, uh, they don't have to pay for the service. Um, and it and we realized that in doing so for the consumer, it brings about uh, you know an ethical debt that here's a brand who's reached out to me, given me a free product sample or a set of product samples, and the least they expect me to give in return is honest feedback, mm. unbiased. And you know uh, what we what we notice is people are a lot more comfortable to give an opinion when um, they're behind a computer screen. Um, you know the challenge within stores was you know some people, um, me for instance, even if I didn't like a product, I wouldn't really say it to someone's face. Uh, because I've been there, so I wouldn't really want to do it. Um, and that's how really that, that concept came about, and we started talking to more and more brands and more and more companies uh, within the space, um, whether it was food and beverage or beauty or um, cosmetics of any type for that matter. And we realized that there really is a need. Everybody's struggling uh, with this problem, so why not uh, sort of put together a solution that solves it? Okay, great. So if I'm a brand or a consumer, I've been on your website and I know there's two options. I can register as a brand, I can also register as a consumer. Can you talk us through both journeys of what happens next? So um, I'll start from the consumer point. For the consumer, it's extremely simple. You log on to the website um, and we'll ask you to go through a 10 second registration process. Now, during this registration process, we get a silhouette of the individual that, uh, you know, this is um, a male, lives in JLT, uh, uh, you know, he's into fitness. And that helps us understand um, on a very high perspective who this individual is. Um, furthermore, we once, once individuals have registered, we ask them to personalize their profile. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. What this allows us to do is really get into the nitty gritty of who this consumer is. And by asking these questions up front, uh, we're quite honest with our users that every answer that you give, um, we're not trying to be invasive, but the idea is that we want to send you relevant product samples. We want to send products your way that you would actually want to try. Um, so this allows us to understand if this person is a tea drinker or a coffee drinker. Is this person, um, is he vegan um, or not? Um, is he or she into yoga or Pilates or XYZ? So stuff of that sort that helps us really understand key metrics about a consumer that we can then use to um, send relevant product samples their way. Um, as far as the, um, as a brand is concerned, we, we don't believe in a one size fits all strategy for brands, that's why with every brand that we approach or that approaches us, we like to sit down and understand what's their sampling goal. Um, are they looking to capture feedback? Is that the end game? Uh, are they looking for online reviews? Are they looking for some social media buzz? Or are they just looking to generate awareness? Um, so based on that, we devise a strategy. Um, and we, we take the, the strategy that the brand and us, we sit together and decide, and we decide on how long do they want the campaign to run? Who's the target audience? What's the expected results? Uh, and this helps us preempt some of the metrics that we'll be able to offer them, the KPIs mm. that they can expect from the strategy. Um, and that's about it. Uh, you know, we collect the samples from the brands, we launch the campaign, 
campaigns go live on our platforms, on social media, um, all the members who are targeted, who fit that campaign requirements, get notifications via email, via SMS, mm. um, that you've been matched to samples. Um, they come, they claim the samples, it gets delivered to them, and we prompt them for feedback. Okay, great. Uh, interesting. What sort of um, Triloka, does it fall under a marketing services category, and what's the sort of business strategy here? So the idea is to, f we fall under a market research sort of, uh, firm, but and the idea is for us to facilitate existing market research firms and existing brands and existing FMCGs or uh, cosmetic companies um, to, to, be, um, to be part of their uh, marketing mix. Um, you know, that's the industry we really want to focus on because with, with the information that we gather, it's so powerful that, you know, with, with, uh, with a few months of launch, we've been able to collect, you know, uh, data points across 50,000 answers. You know, now these 50,000 answers to a brand are extremely essential uh, because this helps them understand, um, is my packaging working? Is my price points working? Am I distributing my product in the right areas? Hmm. You know, am I on the right online platforms? Um, you know, what's the consumer have to say about that? So the research that we provide um, to these marketing firms or these um, you know, agencies and these brands directly allows them to further enhance um, their current marketing activities, uh, further preempt um, new product launches. So we work with a lot of companies that are doing um, new product developments. Mm. Um, and we get on board at a point where they're still um, conceptualizing. Um, and with the information that we have, we're able to tell them what's currently working with the demographic that you're looking to target this is what's currently working hmm. um so you know that's that's the industry we're playing at it's uh, you know sampling is something that's part of every company's marketing mix at every company we've spoken to big or small uh they've engaged in sampling in some shape manner or form hmm. everybody has a budget for sampling uh, so our our idea was just to allow them to do it smarter, better, faster, cheaper. Interesting. Yeah, of course, product is one of the best marketing tools that people can have. They, and it's one of the cheapest because Correct. they're already making it. Um, so, you, you know, marketing research firms are, are have been around forever. Some of them are really well known, uh, part of the big kind of international marketing services groups. Is that your background or is that your co-founders backgrounds or how did you sort of know a lot about this space? Uh, to be honest, you know, my um, I come from a background, and a lot of us come from a background that's very non-traditional and not what we do. Um, you know, I'm um, I'm someone who graduated uh, in a way from a hospitality uh, school. Now, what that allowed us to do, anybody who's worked in hospitality knows that you're you're in the line of fire 24/7. You know, there's no uh, you can't hide behind a computer screen. The customer is right there, um, and you have to sort of either preempt uh, what they're asking or come up with solutions on the spot. Um, this allowed us to really understand consumer behavior, at least in this region. You know, I, I was born and raised in Saudi. I've been in Dubai since 2008. So consumer okay. psyche while working in hotels and you know, in different roles, um, that really helped um, to understand what is it that people really want? You know, how do you cater to that? Um, so, and furthermore, you know, beyond that, we have on our founding team people who've been in marketing who've been in tech, um, like me, who've been in um, operations, procurement, supply chain, hospitality. Hmm. So we've got a diverse skill set that allowed us to really understand that um, what is it that uh, you know consumers really want, what is it that brands really want, and how do we bridge that gap? And we just thought that sampling is a very untapped um, thing, that every brand is looking to um, get their product into the hands of the right consumer. Hmm. Um, 
and sampling is a great way to do that. Um, and we just thought that by providing a platform, um, you know, we can really facilitate that process. Interesting. Great. And um, you mentioned that earlier off air that it was set up in DIFC. Is that, why was that free zone chosen? And, and also, when did you launch the company? So uh, we, you know, like a lot of startups, when we were looking to set up this, uh, set up this company, we, we looked at different options. Uh, but what DIFC provided was, so I was completing my MBA from a university in DIFC and that's where I came to know about um, this platform called DIFC Innovation Hub. Mm. Um, now what that platform really does is it's, it's a great way for uh, young companies, uh, especially that fall in the tech domain, um, to, to provide a pitch to, to DIFC and if you get accepted, it's a really simple um, uh, process of setting up your company, getting a uh, small office space, uh, getting a good backing from DIFC. Um, and it's a great validation of the concept as well, that you're not just uh, sort of setting up there because you have to pay to get in, uh, but mm. there is sort of a verification process. Um, and we thought that by looking at different sort of free zones and mainland and different um, segments that there were at that time, we just thought that DIFC really just ticked all the boxes. Um, mm. and, and that's something that to a lot of the entrepreneurs that now I speak to, I really recommend to them that if you fall within that domain of tech and something innovative that you're trying to bring into the market, I think DIFC is a great uh, space to be in. Good to know. The Innovation Hub, is that the same as, is that what it's called? There's not, it's not DTech, which is in Silicon Oasis, that's, that's something else? Yeah, that's okay. Silicon Oasis. So DIFC has a, a fintech hub and an innovation hub. Oh yeah. So the fintech has obviously all the fintech uh, companies and that's predominantly what uh, they cater to. With the Innovation Hub, it's a bit more broad. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, anybody who's in, um, you know, we've got companies over there that are in F&B, we've got companies there that are in crypto, we've got companies like ours that are in a marketing space. Um, so it's a bit broad. Um, the only, I guess, their prerequisite is that you have to have, uh, it should be built on a tech uh, platform. Yeah. And your, your tech platform is the website that will be an app or how, how more techy are you getting going with this? <laughs> so uh, we, we've got big plans right now. It's, it's a web, uh, web app um, uh, that's mobile friendly, uh, but we're looking to launch uh, our app soon. Uh, but the, the real sort of tech that goes into this is the algorithm that helps us match the right consumer to the right uh, brand. Okay. Um, that's really the, the USB of, of the platform. Um, that's where the AI kicks in and all of that. So everything that's on the front end is, again, it's bells and whistles. It's, it's the website, it's the platform. Uh, but what happens on the back end is, uh, you know, is, is really uh, the, the tech the, that, that we've okay. built. Okay, and we can talk a lot about the tech trends as well later in the conversation. Just a few other things as well. The, the name, what does... What does... <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. That's the first question we get. Uh, so Triloka, uh, you know, we had uh, a very lengthy, strenuous conversation um, to come up with the name. And we wanted a name that's beyond sampling. Uh, we wanted, because that's what we knew the vision of the company was, it's going to go beyond sampling. Um, and uh, so, and the idea was to democratize trial as a concept. Anybody mm. should be able to try, um, whether it's a product or a service or anything, and it should be a fair exchange between brands and consumers, um, this trial process. So we knew we wanted to use the word try 
in in the concept and it worked well because we're three founders so try tri worked well with that yeah and loka as a word in sanskrit means universe so the idea was just try everything ah, nice. and, and that was the that there was we the go name. it's good it's a good it's catchy it's memorable yeah, it's a good name um so yes yeah, so talking a little bit more about sampling as well what what do you think the consumer audience is for sampling uh you know in that gap that you described uh in the digital world uh, if I'm purchasing something online, I kind of want to try it, Correct. but I'm not going to a marketing services place. Like I just need to test it first. Right. So how do you get the normal consumer? Can they say, Hey, I like this, uh, this new cupcake or whatever. I don't know what to thought of cupcakes, but I, and I want to try it. Or is it more like people sign up as uh, try this, their kind of marketing backgrounds themselves, or how do you get it to be the consumer? So, um, you know, if, if, if you think about it, trial as a concept is sort of innately within all of us. You know, what's the first thing that you do when somebody recommends a movie? You watch a trailer. You know, what's the first thing that you do when somebody recommends a good book? Uh, you read a summary. Um, you know, uh, you get hooked onto a new um, software. The first thing you do is download a trial version. Um, consumers right now, um, so, so we knew that, that that sort of concept of trial exists. Now, we don't need anybody to be an influencer or from a marketing background or anybody um, who's of a certain type to come onto the platform. The idea is to take the platform to them. So that's why the, the idea is that a lot of the growth that we've seen is organic. Um, you know, people see a lot of products online, um, you know, on Instagram and all these platforms. And the second they see this, this tag over there or this concept that try it for free, um, you know, they get redirected to our platform. So sort of by innately sort of um, disguising ourselves onto, you know, the brands that we work with and stuff, we sort of bring that traffic towards us organically mm. without having to do too much. Um, that's one way of going about it. And once, a, once those consumers are onto our platform, they realize that there's a lot they can try for free. You know, once they get over the fact that, is this a scam? Is this really going to work? Um, you know, once, once that's done, we see a lot of organic word of mouth being spread around where people tell their friends and tell their, those friends tell their other friends. So mm. we've seen growth month on month uh, very organic that way. Um, so, and, and we make it quite uh, seamless, the process of getting onboarded. So there's no prerequisite. I don't need your bank details. I don't need your you know, social handles or anything. I just need to know who you are as an individual. And once I do, I'll send you samples. Mm. All I ask in return is you give me feedback. Mm. Um, and and so, so right now we've seen that, you know, it'll, it'll take a bit of time to sort of obviously market ourselves. We're only a two month old company. So it'll take a bit of time to get out there and sort of spread the word that there is a platform that exists now where you can try stuff for free, mm. um, no strings attached. Um, the, only, the only catch is that I have to give feedback and, you know, samples will get matched to me and then I can choose. Mm. You know, we're not a platform where you log in and you see a bunch of items that you can click, click, click and mm. you, you get it delivered to you. Um, that's something that we wanted to be very careful about. Mm. That, you know, these brands that we work with, um, they spend a lot of time and effort coming up with these samples. So we wanted to make sure that they reach in the hands of the right consumer. Yeah, definitely. Because what I was getting at is that there's two types of freebies online right there's that one where you give feedback Correct. or what you're doing not necessarily hasn't been online in the past but you give feedback and it's marketing research mm -hmm. and there's the other part of this in the digital world which the expectation is that you post 
you, you post not a review but even an image right. so people are kind of trained on that aren't they right. like they're kind of trained on you know if I'm a startup company and I send out product influencers that's my marketing but right. it's not necessarily a review it doesn't kind of help the purchasing funnel so how do you kind of combat that if, if clients are coming to Triloka and they're saying oh great I'll, you know do people say how many followers do your, your testers yeah. have yeah, yeah. and things like that uh, you know that's something that we obviously that was one of the first things that we thought about that you know we we didn't want to be an influencer management platform we didn't want to send out the message that we only exclusively work with influencers and unless you've got an X amount of following uh, you don't get to try you know we we've sent out samples to people that weren't even present uh, on social media platforms but they gave great reviews mm. um, you know and when we spoke to brands yeah there were some that obviously were that was their expectation but we were quite honest in saying that you know we don't exclusively work with influencers. We've got a lot of influencers on the platform that have happened to come organically, but we don't do paid partnerships. That's mm. not our business model. That's not a revenue stream for us. What we do is, you know, I think it was uh, it's it's something that's quite apt and something that we sort of introduced into this company as well. Um, I think it was Sam Altman who said that you'd rather have a few people that love your product than a lot of people just kind of like it. You know, and that's something that we're trying to educate to the brands as well mm. that. Every single um, person who gets your sample, they by default, uh, if they like it, they tend to talk about it. And if you see our social channels, you see a lot of people organically with no push from ours um, have done unboxings, have talked about the brand, have tagged brands. So it's created this sort of organic digital noise uh, that the brands appreciate. Mm. And on, on the back end, what, they, what these brands get to see, which others don't, is descriptive reviews and ratings and... Um, you know the data around it, so which they can't really get from an influencer. You know, mm. with 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 influencers, uh, you know, we've worked as a startup. We've worked with certain influencers as well, um, just to see to physically experiment um, what is it that we're offering versus what is it that you get uh, from an influencer. And again, we saw that a lot of the stuff that you get is anecdotal, where you can't really measure. Um, certain things that last beyond the influencer campaign. Yeah. Uh, with with sampling with us, what you get to do is you get to continue that conversation with your consumers. It's not a one-off transaction. Mm. It's not just sample review, um, end of conversation. These brands get to re-engage with these consumers, retarget these consumers. Um, some of them have had physical conversations with consumers who've given bad reviews and good reviews to understand what is it that you liked, what is it that you didn't like. Mm. Uh, and that was really the idea, to build a community uh, where anybody and everybody can um, log on, uh, give their opinions, give their feedback, and brands get to take full advantage from that. It's that sort of net promoter score aspect as Correct. well, where you're, where you're working with people to be advocates as well. Um, so when you're, so what's the kind of key point with, uh, um, I've lost the sorry of thought, but, so um, you know, I come from a marketing background as well, and I would have understood marketing research from FMCG and from kind of global conglomerates mm -hmm. and how they do sampling. Uh, but when it's uh, startups and when it's uh, more sort of, you know, this term has been on this show before, but the digital native vertical brands like right. your friend at the start, um, you know, they, they will send the product to people on social media right. or they might, uh, you know, send out package to distributors and, and that type of thing. And it's it's a way of, but that's something that they can manage themselves Correct. or with influencers, but they're not actually getting the research. They're not getting the feedback and the Correct. report that you might provide. Um, so 
so how, how do you kind of get that from a, you know, are your target audience or customers uh, the big multinationals or are they the startups? And how do you get startups to behave like uh, multinationals? <laughs> a great question. Um, so for us, um, there's two things, right? Uh, the digitally native vertical brands that you mentioned, you know, we work with them. Uh, and we've worked with FMCGs, larger FMCGs. Now, the brands that currently are D2C already, where they send their product directly to the consumer and they manage their vertical supply chain, um, they get the consumer to them, and that's great. Um, but what we can offer is, right now you get consumers that by default come to you and they're purchasing from you, and they probably have gotten their friends hooked onto your platform as well. But wouldn't you want to know people that are currently not buying from you? or are currently buying a certain type of product that kind of fits in your profile, um, but they're not buying from you. Wouldn't you want to know why not? You know, what's not working? Um, and that's something that we can provide. And, you know, what we can provide is um, a very holistic view on what demographic thinks of your product in what sense. Mm. Um, you know, that's something that they find it challenging to provide. And, um, you know, and that's where we come in. So, you know, all, a lot of the clients that we have are actually D2C companies who have their own database. Of consumers but they use us because they're like um, you know a lot of the feedback and reviews and ratings that I get through you guys that allows me to tap into a different market set altogether um, that allows me to have conversations with people who tried my product but didn't like it who've tried my product in the past but do not want to promote my product anymore mm. that's the conversation that they get to have with consumers onto our platform um, and with with larger FMCGs we realize that uh, whether it's a small D2C brand that has just launched a very large uh, FMCG, sampling as a concept is something both of them want to engage in. Um, with the larger FMCGs, uh, their goal is slightly different. Obviously, they do want to sample, but one of the biggest plays they want to get into is to a, establish these direct-to-consumer relationships and engage in consumer learning beyond the sampling campaign. Um, so, you know, a lot the, the new buzzword now is D2C. A lot of the FMCGs have, uh, you know, either created their own D2C platforms or have acquired companies that were currently mm. in, in the D2C space. So, so we knew that that's something that they want. And through sampling, through a very simple um, exchange of free products, they get to establish these D2C relationships. You mm. know, consumers on our platform have the opportunity to opt into the brand CRM directly. Mm. So now these 100, 200, 300,000 samples you've distributed, you know, 80% of those people have opted into your platform. These are now your consumers. Mm. You can engage in conversations. You don't need Triloka anymore for that. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, you know, different uh, sort of uh, requirements from be it small D2Cs versus larger FMCGs, but the medium as sampling is still the same. Yeah, fascinating. So rather than, I love what you did there, rather than turning conglomerates and startups into conglomerates, you're turning conglomerates into startups yeah. and changing how they're thinking. But right. some of those... You know, it's that sort of beta mode, isn't it? Like some of product testing and product development uh, can take months and years. And there's famous stories, you know, with New Coke. There's a new New Coke out now of how product launches can go wrong and how right. the amount of research that goes into it. Um, you, you know, what do you think the the digital native vertical brands like? What's the current the clients that you work with? Um, when you approach them, have they done any sampling? Have they done any product testing? And, and what, what's the kind of stage that you receive them at? So we were quite surprised to learn that, you know, in our conversations with some of the larger companies, um, you know, we knew from our research and pretty much everybody knew who followed that brand that a certain product they launched failed. Um, and we took that as a case study and approached these brands that, hey, you know, we know you launched this product. It didn't do well. 
we just like to understand why and perhaps we could help. And what we realized in our conversations with some of these companies was that their initial focus group or product test is people from within the organization. Okay. You know, and we thought that, yeah, that's a great way to get uh, initial responses, reactions and stuff. And, you know, but some of them didn't really have the budgets to hire an external party and do a full-fledged focus group, uh, which is fine, which is completely understandable. But the ones who did, even despite doing all that, uh, you know, certain products uh, still failed. And what we what we realized is that it's it's a concept that everybody wants to get into. Everybody finds it fascinating when we give this pitch that, you know, I'll get your product into consumers, they'll give you feedback. Uh, but they're apprehensive that I don't want a consumer to try my product before anybody in the market does, because what if they talk bad about it? What if they post negatively about it? Um, and that's why a lot of these brands didn't engage in these practices and sometimes launch products with a very small focus group uh, because of that fear, because yeah. they don't want any negative repercussions before the launch. Yeah. And we've seen stories of that happen where you know negative press uh, sort of took over a product even before it was launched, be it you know a tech company or a physical product. Um, and that's why a lot of these brands were apprehensive to go full-scale sampling. Mm. Um, and that's obviously something that we have to take into consideration as well when we work with bigger companies and facilitate a, a new product development for them. Mm. Um, and that's that will obviously require learning on our side as well. And a bit of trust on both sides, uh, from us to the brand, the brand to us, and us to our consumers who are going to try these products. Interesting. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking, right, that you're in the middle, so you've got brands and then consumers. Do you ever envisage, uh, not that you've launched your own brands, but do you ever envisage having your own product testers and samplers? Uh, I, I, I'm aware of uh, an entity that's part of Hearst Media, right. and they've got testing labs in the UK right. where, where they work with the, the kind of PNGs and Unilever's of the world, right. and they test everything like that. Is that something that you could potentially offer as well? Uh, we would like to. Like, like I said, you know, the end goal is to uh, sort of make this a very um, easy process for anybody and everybody. And eventually we would like to have our own specialized testers that they don't necessarily have to be part of our team um, uh, sitting in the office, but they would be people specialists that we could approach um, as and when we have these requirements from, from these brands. Uh, but right now our focus is really on building a community where anybody and everybody can try a product and post reviews okay. and that's the type of clientele that we're going after as well because like i said we're still a startup we're still young so we want to ensure that uh, the service that we offer is within the realm of what we can we can physically provide mm. uh, and and test it out you know right now we've seen that in in two months like i said you know we've got fifty thousand responses from a, a wide variety of wow. audience now that's a lot of data that we're currently sitting on and that's data that is uh, you know like gold dust to a lot of the brands mm. um, so we want to make sure that this uh, end of the process or this end of the spectrum gets done well and eventually the end goal is yeah we want to be sort of align ourselves with every brand's marketing mix so each time they have a new product launch you know ours is a service that they think of uh, and we have our own testers in-house who can facilitate that uh, process. Okay, interesting. And what about digital products? Uh, you know, when people launch an app, they get QA and they get UX UI testing. Correct. But what about, you know, how can you turn that a little bit and provide, you know, would people actually find a need for this consumer facing fintech app right. or this this media app right. or whatever, like, can you do a digital uh, feedback? Uh, again, that's something that we want to get into. Um, you know, like I said, you know, the idea is to democratize trial as a concept, uh, whether it's a product or a service or an okay. app that's being launched. 
Uh, we want to be able to facilitate any kind of trial that gets out in the market. Mm. And I think if you if you approach the right consumer, um, you know, if I give my own example, uh, you know, I was uh, if if I'm an avid fan of a particular brand, and that brand happened to reach out to me and said, "Hey, I'm launching a new product. I know you're a regular consumer. I'd like you to test it out for me." I don't see a reason why I wouldn't, because I know I love that brand. I know I've been following it for a while, and the fact that they've re reached out to me directly you know, is, is a good sign. Mm. Um, so I think getting the right consumer, approaching the right consumer, approaching them in the right way um, allows brands to really test out product services or anything for that matter. Mm. Um, so, so the process has to be done correctly. And I think parties on both ends are quite um, honest and they're, they're willing to engage in this uh, sort of transaction mm. where I'll give you a product or a service and you give me honest feedback. Um, and, and I think, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, that's something that we want to get into, products and services. Okay, so, uh, you know, from a, say, if we take the F&B or if we take the food section, um, how can you offer a compelling alternative to a market research company that might have uh, partnered up with, uh, with a food store in the past that has a stand when I'm walking by, I taste mm -hmm. the, the yogurt or whatever. Right. How can you uh, kind of provide that volume of footfall and that volume of kind of instant feedback um, and uh, compete with that service. So, um, you know, goes back to what I said earlier, you know, you'd rather have a few people that love your product than okay. a lot that just kind of like it, you know. We can engage, we can tap into larger databases if we need to. And, you know, we can tap into a database of a much larger e-com provider um, in exchange for, uh, you know, and have a barter system going with them. Uh, and we have done that in the past. Uh, but what what happens in those transactions is a consumer might come to the kiosk, might try a product, might even make a purchase, and then walks away. Mm. Uh, what happens beyond that? Does he come back? Um, you know, did he make another purchase? Uh, did he have an aftertaste that wasn't to his liking? Mm. Did he promote your product after that? How do you carry on that conversation? You know, so we don't want that conversation to end at try my sample at this kiosk, walk away with it, and that's it. We want the brands to be able to take that much further beyond just an initial exchange of mm. uh, sampling and testing and re-engage with these consumers each time they have a new product to test, remarket, retarget these consumers each time they have an offer going on. Um, that's something that these consumers want. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, my example, if I'm an avid fan of a particular brand and that brand reaches out to me each time they have a new flavor, each time they have a new offer going out, um, that would make mm. me an even better loyalist uh, than I was before. That would make me talk about uh, this brand even more than you know, promote it to all my entire circle. Mm. Um, and that's really what we want to do. We want to help establish relationships rather than a one-off exchange uh, and make it a transaction mm. uh, that is, does not go beyond that one sample that was exchanged between a brand and a consumer. Interesting. So you touched earlier on AI. What are the, you know, people obviously are observing how trends and behavior and consuming patterns are changing, particularly in the last 18 months. And we see kind of multinationals and big companies like Amazon having, you know, stores that we can check in and check out without passing by right. a, a till or, or whatever. What are, the, what are the, in addition to AI, what are the kind of smart sampling trends that you can kind of, that Triloca can take advantage of? Or? I think one of the biggest uh, things that we, we wanted to get into is that you know, when you talk about AI or when you talk about, um, you know, consumer learning, a lot of the practices that were done in the past were a bit invasive when it comes to the consumer. Um, so, uh, you know, consumers 
despite knowing that there's certain information being collected, didn't anticipate that the action that a brand would take based on that uh, data. And some found it um, offensive, some found it intrusive. Um, that, you know, that's not, that's not something that I was willing to share. How did you get this information? So we wanted to be extremely careful that although there's an AI element to our platform, every data point that we use as far as the consumer is concerned is something that we ask them upfront that are you a tea drinker or a coffee drinker for that matter. Um, you know, by asking questions upfront, by making it completely um, um, sort of honest that I am asking these set of questions because I want to send relevant product samples your way, mm. which will always be free. There will be no point where I ask you for something in exchange other than your feedback. In doing so, we're able to get a lot of information that you can't just gather through pure um, third-party cookies or just AI. Um, you know, it's very difficult to understand, um, you know, uh, me as, as an individual, um, you know, I'm currently going through a weight loss regime, let's say, you know, how do you get that, you know? Um, yeah, I may be purchasing items of a certain pattern, but that could mean anything, you know? So by asking the question up front, we encourage, um, you know, users to provide honest information because why would I lie about something uh, when I know that if I give the wrong answer, I'll be given those product samples, something that I don't really want. Mm. Um, you know, so that these sort of data points, these questions, these answers that we get to questions and, you know, by looking at the type of samples that these users uh, uh, have consumed, the type of responses they provide, this really helps us go to these brands and say, this is the current trend that we've seen, um, you know, and they can re-engage with these users and have consumer learning that is beyond um, just AI. You know, mm. that, is, uh, that is beyond a superficial way of learning. That's something that where you can engage with consumers directly uh, and you have a broad base of consumers. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, consumer learning and changing needs and the involving requirements of the consumers, it's, it's paramount right now. Mm. Everybody wants to get inside the consumer's head. What are they thinking? And we just thought that let's cut through the noise. Let's just ask them, what is it that you want? Um, you know, and we realized that by just asking them the question in exchange for free products, uh, we're able to tap into that 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 psyche, uh, mm. which you know, which has worked out well for us so far. It sounds like the platform or the tech part of it is crucial in terms of uh, how people enter data, how you manage data, how you utilize that data and visualize that data. Is that where most of your effort goes? And to that point, do you need investment for something like that? And how have you approached that? Uh. uh Right now, yeah, a lot of our effort goes into uh, sort of, you know, curating, collating and sort of structuring the data that we that we create. So a lot of time when we were launching was went into uh, structuring um, that data into a way that's easily readable to not just, uh, you know, larger FMCGs, but even the smaller SMEs. We didn't want to use a lot of jargon. We didn't want to make it complicated for someone to say, hey, I've got this, you know, this great report but I don't know what it means. And we saw this challenge with a lot of the brands that we worked with where they said, hey, I love your concept, I'd love to work with you, but I don't have the wherewithal right now to make sense of this heaps and heaps of data. Um, so we sit down with these brands and we talk them through what everything means. Um, but, the, but in the future when, you know, in two months if we're able to gather, you know, 50,000 responses, we know that with more campaigns it's just going to, you know, get larger and bigger okay. and better. And that's when, obviously, we would look into getting funding. Right now, we're at that phase where we're bootstrapping, um, you know, because we're still a young company um, and, and we're doing okay so far. But eventually, obviously, that's that's what we need to get into mm. to be able to take this into other markets, to be able to expand this uh, regionally, to be able to uh, approach other brands, newer brands, bigger brands, 
mm. um, and and be able to sort of enhance uh, the way we collect data, the way we devise our data. Mm. Um, and and yeah, for for that we would definitely need uh, funding. Interesting. We'll talk about the expansion plans to end with, but just on that at that point of view, uh, in terms of pricing, how 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 much is it to work with Triloka? Like how do how do what's your business model? So we 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 work. In, in two different ways. We can do a campaign pricing uh, or we can do a per sample cost. Um, what that means is that we can go to a brand and you know what, what I've done personally with a lot of brands I talk to is um, how much would you be willing to spend on an activity of the sort? Mm. Um, you know, if they tell me you know I just have a marketing budget of 5,000 dirhams, we will devise something that works well within 5,000 dirhams. And mm. my uh, benchmark to them is you know I want to know the KPIs that you achieved in a digital advert that you did on Instagram yeah, yeah. or Facebook. That's what I want to see. Mm. Um, and I'll be able to tell you what I can get to you for the same amount of money. And, you know, So that's a campaign-based model where I look at the budget, I look at the, their expectation, um, and I'll run a campaign for them. Mm. Um, and then there's a per-sample model where it can go as, as little as two dirhams a sample uh, to you know, 15 dirhams a sample. Based on what the consume, what the brand is looking to achieve, you know, we've we've run both uh, campaigns mm. um, and anything in between, really, because for us the pricing, um, you know, the biggest factor in our cost is is fulfillment, because you know there's no um, um, consumers are not going to wait weeks on end to get free samples. You know, we want to ensure that they get samples at a point where the f- it's still fresh in their mind that I had requested for samples. Makes sense. Uh, so we take too long and they lose interest. Um, and that's where the biggest cost factor of it goes. So what we what we uh, ask brands to do is you can co-op with other brands and put your samples along with you know five six other brands. So you split the cost, and it's much cheaper and more economical to you, and you still get hundred percent share of voice. So we mm. would never put two competing products in the same box. Mm. Uh, so each brand is non-competing, gets subcategory exclusivity, uh, but they still share cost. Mm. Um, and if these six brands are looking to target the same consumer persona, it makes sense that they sample together. Mm. Um, True, and if, the consumer might want to receive more as well. Exactly, it it makes sense for them as well. And if there are certain brands that we work with that wanted box exclusivity, where they said, you know, I'm okay with the price points because that's what it would cost me to send it myself if I were mm. to deliver it. Um, you know, I want a box exclusivity. I want only my products to go out to these consumers, which is fine with us as well. So it really okay. depends what I said earlier on what the brands' needs are. And we're quite, uh, you know, flexible with how we price it and how we go about it. Yeah, I think one of the key things that you've said as we've talked, especially, uh, is that point about, you know, digital marketing these days is very sort of uh, performance conversion related, and it's put an image up or a video or boost it and then get results, but actually no one's touched the product. Right. So it's really, it's really interesting when you think about it from that point of view. Okay, last qu- big question I love to ask is, you know, you hinted at expansion. Uh, you grew up in Saudi Arabia, as you mentioned. What's your kind of view on this region uh, macroeconomically? Like, do you right. think do you think the Middle East as emerging market will emerge? Uh, no, I, I think so. You know, I, I was, you know, I've just started on this entrepreneurial journey quite recently, but I've been part of the Middle East for a while, you know, born and raised in Saudi. My grandfather was in Saudi. So we've been associated with this part of the world for a very long time, you know, and I came in in the UAE, um, you know, in 08, where, you know, it was, it was a relatively bad time. Uh, but since then, what we've seen and what we continue to see is that, you know, um, we have the ability to bounce back um, anytime something 
um, you know, something bad happens, even with the pandemic, you know, we have the ability and, and, and the drive to bounce back. And I think, you know, the with everything that the UAE is doing now with supporting young companies, supporting entrepreneurs, uh, you know, making it extremely easy for anybody to start a business, um, you know, from as little as a thousand dirhams, you can start selling your product online. Um, I think efforts like these and initiatives like these really um, help all of us uh, sort of trust uh, what the UAE is doing um, even more. And I think, you know, the more and more we talk to new brands, a lot of the brands we worked with um, were brands that had just entered this market. Uh, and in talking with them, you know, asking them, why is it that you chose UAE as a launching pad? A lot of them said that, you know, it's a great way because it's a very, um, you know, diverse uh, population. It's a small population, but it's very diverse. So what better way for me to test out my product with, you know, different nationalities, different cultures uh, than the UAE? And I think that really, I think, will attract more and more uh, businesses to set up shop here, mm -hmm. more and more products to get launch use this as a launching pad. Um, and for UAE to come up with their own products of their own. There's a lot of great products being developed out of the UAE. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of good startups that have come out of the UAE. So I think, you know, I'm quite positive with the with what's to come. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it as well. Amazing, amazing. It's good to hear. And I th touching on manufacturing in the UAE is a sign of an emerging market right. as well. And I think, right, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, Triloka is a testament like that this company kind of exist and thrive shows that there are needs and shows that the economy is growing and shows that, you know, there are lots of um, people out there and new brands as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks thank a lot. Sure. Thank and we'll so follow much. your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for another episode of Dubai Works. Thank you so much for listening and please leave a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to. It really helps with organic searches. Also, if you'd like to appear on Dubai Works or know someone who has an inspiring business story in Dubai, please do get in touch on any of the smashy social platforms.